That's right. Hey, everyone. It's Peter, a.k.a. Pat. Peter A. DeLuca, your boy. We're coming at you. Day 17 of the 31 Days of Dread, a Dream Warriors podcast annual event where we celebrate Halloween for one day. For 31 straight days. That's right. It's one horror movie a day coming at you hot. So let's hit that music. You hear those sounds, and I'll be right back. Thank you for joining me, everyone. Hey, we're back. Uh, And I'm Peter, your host, your boy, your bro. Yeah, we're doing horror movies. It's one a day for the entire month of October. Isn't that exciting? Doesn't that just just get you going? Why horror? Why Halloween? Why why this celebration? Well, hold up. Give me me a second here. I'm going to have to take a, a sip of my smoldering hot coffee. I'm not supposed to be doing that. That's unprofessional. But uh, the Dream Warrior Studio is developing a little bit of a draft that quickly. Uh, yeah, here in Philly, it's been amazing because a week ago we were sweating and now we're bundled up. Uh, that is how quickly fall rolls into the East Coast here in, in the U.S. And I'm that's where I'm coming to you from. Center City, Philadelphia. Maybe... Maybe one of the greatest cities in the entire world. I know we like to talk about New York and Paris and Tokyo and L.A. and uh, Madrid and so on and so forth. But, oh my God, does Philly have a lot of character. Uh, There's just so much here. The the city's expanding. It's constantly scaling up uh, and, like, broadening. And and I don't know. Uh, Boy, I have to say... I love Philadelphia. I enjoy my time here. But yeah, I'm Peter, and I'm just a uh, just a guy with a podcast <laughs> that we do uh, movies, we do television, we do streaming, we do comics. Uh, we even actually dabble in wrestling, pro wrestling, and pro football, uh, American football, by the way. And and I'm classifying things as America because based. On the analytics, uh, my God, we I think we're getting out there in overseas. Uh, we got a lot of people in Canada uh, listening now. So if you are from Canada, thank you. And look, everyone, uh, collectively, you can monitor what I'm doing. You can follow me at AKAPad on the Twitter, where uh, there's more constant updates. There's more of a, of a conscious stream rollout. But if you're into Inktober and drawing... Uh, Inktober is a annual, um, also annual event <laughs> on Instagram. It's a challenge where you do one drawing a day for the month of October, and you have a prompt. Uh, the prompts are created by Jake Parker, and you can, uh, you know, just add your own theme to those prompts. And uh, this year, my theme is the foes of Batman. So it's one Batman villain a day. Uh, you know, in in conjunction. You know, potentially parallel to the prompt, and sometimes it needs a little bit of explanation, which which I do right. But you can find those at AKA Pad Thirteen. You can find me in Snapchat AKA Pad, where I roughly do one theme a day. Um, I've been a little bit slow with that. I've been a little bit guilty. People have people have DM me already on Snapchat looking to see where I'm at, and I have to get back into it. You're right. Uh, but yeah, so. Day 15, Apostle, uh, the Netflix exclusive. 
uh, opened up this Pandora's box, uh, pun intended for that one, and it was these uh, this idea that I could collect uh, colonial movies, like almost like old English horror. I, I'm really fighting to define what this stretch is, but we're at number three now with a field in England, and it's it's amazing. Uh, you know that this movie even shows up on someone's radar that 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 they know to jump into it because this movie came and went. It, uh, Doug Wheatley, Doug Wheatley, the um, director, the creative mind behind this movie, uh, he he made a movie with a super low budget that um, you know became a calling card, and the guy's been busy ever since. I have not seen any other movie from him. But um, I know he did High Rise. Uh, I think that uh, Loki's in that. Uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Middle Josh Middleton, maybe. Uh, I'm I'm butchering his name. <laughs> but the Loki guy uh, from the Infinity War is 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 in that movie, and hey, it looks like he's been busy ever since. That's the point I'm getting at. Uh, he made a calling card with a f- uh, a field in England, and it uh, wholeheartedly has paid off. So. Bravo to Doug for playing the game, and looks like you won. Excuse me, I am going to chug some coffee. Okay, oh my god, that just feels good going in, that's what she said. But yeah, so, (laughs) uh, how do we describe this movie? How do we describe this movie? Uh, Okay. The, uh, this movie is, uh, it, it just reminds me of a high-end, it's, 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 it's a high-end art film, it's a high-end student film, it is perfectly executed, it's thought out, uh, it's, it's hard to imagine this movie being any better with a larger budget, okay, and by that I mean, I, I'm positive this movie could have $10 million more added to it. And I'm not sure if we're going to get a different product. And that's that's interesting, isn't it? It's almost like uh, if you watch like 12 Angry Men. Uh, how much how much more could you have added? And, you know, the Sydney Lumet 12 Ang- Angry Men. Not any remake, the original A-Holes. Come on, stick with me on this. Write it down if you have to. Uh, you know, like how much more money could 12 Angry Men improve that uh how much more money could be improved with reservoir dogs and i'm and yeah i'm just picking like low scene movies and this the movie was like clearly potentially designed around uh, a look some silhouettes some shots uh that maybe like doug wanted to, to string together so and then we get into like what is the what's the point what's the plot well it takes place during the English Civil War, which I know nothing about. And I'm a history buff, but not a world history buff. I like U.S. history. And everyone is dressed in their old-timey gear. I'm going to just butcher the accuracy of some of this coming up. And we have a like couple deserters. These guys are not fighting the fight. <laughs> they rather go off so they, they kind of go off and like somewhere in like a search for treasure in this field during this battle and they drift so far away from the battle that the the sounds and the noises of the battle fades fades and, and fades 
and then during this uh see so it's it's very interesting i thought they these guys like get camp and they uh start to make food and the one guy picks uh mushrooms and i so i'm thinking like oh those are gonna be like shrooms or and that's kind of like gonna be like the horror hook is that uh, you know these guys have been through war they take these shrooms and and then they're just going to go mad and you know maybe some horrific horrific things are going to happen so what happens isn't so much horror but you know like what what happens is uh like a like a twisting of the of, of of the psyche and as a viewer as an audience member it's very difficult to uh watch this movie with ease because it is a black and white movie uh and there's a combination of shots at times that are just meant to uh make you feel uncomfortable and it it does have a effect you know and um you know a lot of times like it, so that's a little bit what i mean by like art film and studio film where uh sometimes like you're so ambitious when you make a movie when you're younger and you don't know any better like you you think you're doing something meaningful and deep and it just comes off as corny and inexperienced and this doesn't come off that way you know it's definitely a movie that is uh, with full intent and understanding of its surroundings, the um, the execution is there. Uh, yeah, uh, I I forward this movie to people. Like people should understand to watch this movie more and more. Uh, why? Because there's only so many of these movies that exist. There's only uh, so many of them that are watchable. Okay, and and you know, like oh, I know, watchable might be like a mean thing to say to some of the other ones because hey, I'm a guy that recommended Body Melt a couple of days ago. That should kind of I should have to turn in some geek <laughs> card at that point, and <laughs> maybe load again, gun and pulling it to my head. But no, look, it's it's this idea of like, what are we trying to do with film? What's, what are our expectations of some of these filmmakers? Uh, what are we looking for when we sit down? So what I was looking for in this movie, and you know, like as soon as I saw it was black and white, uh, the setting, the the limited atmosphere, uh, I thought, I'm like, oh, this is just going to build and build and build. And then we're going to get some like, you know, gory stuff at the end. We're, we're going to get these guys like eating one another or just something weird. And that didn't happen. Now, characters die, but characters also return. They come back. And this is where, like, I would have to kind of continue to watch the movie to, to develop theories and, and thoughts on it. Uh, maybe to the point that uh, a video might, might serve uh, my analysis better over, uh, yeah, talking to you long form on the podcast because that's a lot of what dream warrior is all about dream warriors is all about long form conversation period uh and you know a good example of that would be my obsession now with devil's candy because i was reckon recommended to me by mark my friend and yeah you know, i i honestly gotta trust every single opinion he has on everything uh but he recommended this and to me it was a complete misfire despite having high ratings across the board. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge outlier on the Devil's Candy movie. 
because I, I feel like uh, sometimes atmosphere uh, and, and the way something is shot doesn't really classify it as horror or what it is. Horror in the movie is a lot like this. It's a lot like a field in England where the movie itself represents an uneasiness. Uh, it, it, it doesn't, it represents something, you know, that, that makes you anxious, okay, and it's not just like, you know, kind of like our, you know, upcoming movie, like It Follows, uh, where, you know, like it's, in, it's uh, like clearly intentional within that scene, see, every time you watch a field in England, your emotions, your your thoughts, you uh, what you're paying attention to, what you're processing, drifts into another area. So it really isn't uh, like just for example, when we compare movie to movie and analysis to analysis. Every time you watch a movie like Independence Day, your thoughts go one way, one time, all the time, and that's where like we get addicted to movies because some feelings and emotions are connected to them, and we can re-experience it whenever we want while we're watching the movie. A feel in England is meant to uh, play with you, and I think your mental state and where you are in life largely uh, affects where uh, where you put this movie uh, in your like emotional spectrum every time you, you watch it. And this is where Doug Wheatley deserves uh, adulation because, uh, you know, like we hear about uh, filmmakers like George Lucas will say, oh, you know, when Red Tails came out, he's like, no, I'm, I'm staying away from all this stuff. I'm going to get back to making like art house movies and, and this and that. Like I'm, I'm going to return to low budget filmmaking. A lot of people seem to say this uh, in, in the twilight of their career and you know, I would, like, if George Lucas came out and made this movie, it would be, like, the biggest thing on Earth, uh, you know, like, comparatively speaking, meaning that uh, it, it would be the biggest art house movie ever made. Uh, there's so much of this movie that did remind me of THX 1138, George Lucas's live-action slash student film, because it, it, it has the mindfulness of someone with ambition, uh, you know, where they wanted to analyze the thought process, where they wanted to play with your emotions. And, like, there's there's a slow motion shot in this movie where, where this guy comes out of a tent wrapped in a, uh, he's, he's, he's wrapped in this rope, and it's just like this slow motion. He's grinning, and it's like this crawl. Like, he's just, like, walking, and then it, it jumps into this, like playful music and they're like uh, they're chasing him through the field uh, you know with, with the rope still attached to his chest and it's just like weird and it's creepy and they're like these guys are like uh, you know it goes to them digging a hole they're digging for the treasure and it, it, you know it, like even at the time it's symbolic for them digging their grave but they're digging for treasure, and, like, there's a symbolism even there, and the one guy, like, uncovers a skull, and it, it, it's just really deep, you know, and it's it's not pretentious, you know, like, people might say it's pretentious of its existence, like, something like this existing is pretentious, but I don't buy it, you know, for old English horror, uh, this is a true psychological triumph, 
uh, I can't think of of another movie that was as psychologically powerful as this that you would um, watch with someone, and you know, like both of you would have like a different explanation for it. Oh, geez, um, you know that is art, that is filmmaking, and I think as audience members, we're better. We're like as an as as a collective review, as a collective community. Um, you know, Doug Wheatley. You know, am I even saying his name right? Right? It's, it's Doug Wheatley. Ben Wheatley. I'm so sorry. Uh, ben Wheatley. Uh, you know, contributes a lot. He contributes so much to that conversation. And real quick, um, because you know, I I just clicked on uh, his wiki. Uh, so this movie came out in 2013. Okay, he is from the the school of a, the ABCs of death, and. I referenced earlier how, like, how, how did this movie end up on my radar? Well, uh, Jason Eisner, who is the, the uh, director of Hobo with a Shotgun, he won this contest with uh, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino for the Grindhouse movie. He won this, like, uh, trailer contest to make a trailer Grindhouse, like a Grindhouse trailer. And he got the, actually, the trailer was so well received you know, he got money and made Hobo with a shotgun with Rucker Howard, which is still one of my favorite movies. That movie inspired one of my yet-to-be-released comic book series. And, uh, yeah, like, that's how impactful Hobo with a shotgun was. And I used to follow him on, um, and, and I believe I still do, I don't think he's active, but I used to follow him on Tumblr. And he would post about this movie during the production, because I think he, he, he was involved with it. And it just seemed like the, the visuals, the pictures, the posters just seemed so interesting. And, you know, when this became available uh, on Amazon Prime, that's how we watch it, it, uh, like, essentially, uh, I just jumped to it. I just I just had to watch this movie, I, like, through and through. And I couldn't get through it the first time. I think I crashed out. And it did take me a few attempts to get through the movie. But once I got through the movie, it, um, watching and rewatching it became this regular thing. And I pretty much watched it twice before even talking to you. Because I just wanted uh, my thoughts on uh, how I was going to speak about this movie like somewhat in order. And th again, that's the benefit of Dream Warriors being a podcast and not like a YouTube channel because, you know, you're lucky to get 10 minutes from a, a film discussion on YouTube. Here, I, I can go on. I can go on and on. I can pause. I can come back. I, I can, you know, regather my thoughts and, and so forth. So two years later, in 2015, he directs High Rise. The next year, he directs Free Fire. And now we're here at 2018. Happy New Year. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, and then to be... <laughs> Freak Shift is his next movie. I mean, this dude's been busy since 20... Oh, my God, since 2011. Uh, there's a movie called Kill List. So, uh, you know, which, which is also directed by Amy Jump. Amy Jump seems to be his... um, Somewhat of his collaborator. So... Do you know, like, this is kind of where I wish I was sitting with someone who could have been um, following this, you know, uh, because as as much information that we have available today, we're we're lacking inf info. We're we're lacking um, 
you know, like, it, it's, it's not like if you search for a movie, you, you can't find info, but it's really hard to find, like, interviews and, and even, like, with, with YouTube, and, and you would think some of the stuff would be out there, and it's really not. Um, I kind I didn't look into Ben's career. I didn't look into Ben Wheatley's career at all. I'm, I'm also very curious about Amy Jump, his, which seems to be his frequent collaborator when it comes to writing. Um, you know, like, I, I, I can't do too much of a deep dive when it comes to the day-to-day aspect of the 31 Days of Dread, but I want to know more about this movie. I really want to know more of... Uh, what the uh, ideas were, the where it came about, um, you know, like uh, what type of, you know, like what what was the idea? Like, was were they expecting this to be like a cult movie? Were they expecting, like, what what were their expectations when they made this movie? Like, what what did they want people to get from it? And any movie that kind of opens up the entire process the way a field in England does is is worth uh everything you know like it's 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 a a uh, immensely valuable movie and but it's also not a movie for the masses and that's also good because not every book and not every painting and not every even like museum um you know not every t-shirt is meant for everyone and it's great that we have our uh you know like our likes and, and our dislikes and 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 movies like this are completely on the fringe what they do is they they magnify they hone our awareness so when we see movies uh even something like a vein housing we understand that it's the absolute dynamic opposite and just because of that you know if it's if it's with intent uh it should be appreciated and 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 you know kind of should be watched and, and rewatched. it should not uh, you know, like I don't believe making fun of movies is is just a thing. I, you know, uh, making fun of movies does not make you a critic, because uh, um, you you can't define how well you understand what's in front of you. I think if you make fun of movies and that's like your your gag and and your gimmick, great. Like if that's your thing, but that, that doesn't really mean that there's like true film analysis and understanding and thought gone into. Uh, the meaning injected into even movies like Van Helsing and we'll even say Independence Day because I, you know, we all know I love Independence Day. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we're, we're going to just like button this one up and it's, it's we're, <laughs> we're movie three in our uh, old English, uh, you know, film run, okay? It's, it's The Apostle, it's The Witch, and now it's a field in England, leading into day 18, and day 18 is going to be The Village. Oh, people, that's a horrible movie. That's a horror movie just in, in, in what people say about it and, and how they feel. And I remember seeing it in the theater. I, I remember watching trailers for that repeatedly, like, you know, on iTunes, uh, you know, with QuickTime. Just repeat, 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 because there were it, those trailers were so impactful and interesting and m night having this track record at the time even coming off of uh bro uh unbreakable uh he was a dude on fire and everything leading into the village uh just was saying and entertain us m night entertain us in this fashion and he had other ideas and people flipped out
it, it, was, it was almost like a mutiny. But yeah, and that's where he started to, to lose his, his core, his, his base audience. And we're going to talk about that on day 18 of the 31 Days of Dread. I'm going to take another swig. Uh, I've talked to you for so long here that my coffee has gone from really hot to lukewarm. And look, everyone, support me as best you can. Uh, if you go to akapad.com. There's ways to purchase services on Etsy. You can purchase original artwork. Um, if you if you're interested in my process for original artwork, there's a lot on uh, my Instagram, aka Pad13. Because like, let's not forget, uh, I came up as an artist. I came up as a uh, comic book illustrator and like overall artist. Because uh, you know what I'm interested in, and some of my techniques kind of like breached the comic book illustration barrier. Uh, but yeah, so I'm still at it. I'm still drawing. Uh, yeah, and I'd still work a nine to five. But we want this. We want Dream Warriors and and you know my other efforts. You know the YouTubing and so on and so forth. Uh, we we want things to be a little bit more regular, a little bit more consistent, and we want better quality. And sometimes we want people to help us. And for that, I need your support. So anything you can do, uh, even if you want to donate uh, five dollars a month. You can, uh, it funds original content. And for that, I thank you. And everyone, have a good day. Don't get too scared out there. I know, I know that cold eastern air is rolling in. And oh my God, you know, everyone get, get your, get your long coats ready if you're here in Philly. Uh, because I know a lot of you are from Philly. And thank you for all my Philadelphians. I love you. But hey, it's Pete. I'm signing out until 18. After 31 days of dread, I'll see you.